Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Listen. I have preached from Romans 12 probably more than anywhere else, just over and over and over again from Romans 12. And I'm, I'm doing a Bible study at home, and the other day I started on whatever day it was, and this was the opening verse. And... The last line, I didn't recognize it, and it stopped me dead in my tracks. It was the opening scripture, and I did not even get to do the rest of the day of that Bible study because I was stuck on this verse. And so I want to share what the Lord gave me. Uh, Let's read it to start. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view... Of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. This is your true worship. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for all that are here and all that are joining over social media. Father, thank you for this word. And I ask for your help. Take over my mind and my mouth and help me lead, guide, and direct me, my words and the way that I would bring them. Help me to bring your heart today. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to chop this verse up a little bit first and then jump into uh, what I feel like the Lord led me to talk about today. Here in the book of Romans, which the book of Romans is for, we can use it for indoctrination. You know, different parts of the Bible address different things. Not every part of the Bible is for doctrine. Uh, Some people think it is. And so they pull some really weird stuff from some really weird places and then make a whole belief out of it. But the book of Romans is much of where we are discipled in the new covenant, what Jesus paid for when he died on the cross. Jesus changed things when he died on the cross. Things changed when he became the fulfillment of the law, when he became that perfect uh, sin sacrifice and our atonement, and he, he paid for it. He fulfilled it, and things changed. Romans is Paul's instruction to the church at Rome after the death of Christ, after the resurrection of Christ. Um, he, he is speaking to spirit-filled believers in this book. And so let's hear what he says. He says... Therefore, brothers and sisters, 
in view of the mercies of God. He says, what I'm getting ready to tell you, I want you to consider it because of what we know about the mercy of God, because of what we know about the love of God, because of what Jesus has done for us, because of the new covenant, because of grace, because God has forgiven us, because he has forgiven us perfectly, since he has washed us, since he has cleansed us, since he has redeemed and restored and made us one with him, because he has done that, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice because of what Jesus has done for us, because we're saved, not doing something to make us saved, not working for our salvation, but working from our salvation. God has been so good to us. God has been so merciful. He has been so loving. He has been so patient. He has been so kind. Let's present our bodies. Let's present our daily living to him as a sacrifice to glorify him. Let's live for him. Let's live for him. Holy. Present your body Holy. You're holy in here. Your spirit, the real you, the saved you, holy. You can't be any holier. So let that, let that come to the outside. Let that be lived out in the practical. Present your body holy. Let what you do with your body please God. He says, this is your true worship. This is your true worship. What you do with your physical body is your worship. What we do with our body is to be worship unto the Lord. How you treat this temporary container, that's all this is. You are living in a container. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You are in a body. Never forget. We are a spirit. We have a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Okay, the spirit is the life, it's the light, it's, it's, it's you. You have a mind, will, and emotions called a soul. And all of this exists in a container called a body. How you treat the temporary container that God has lent to you for your time here on earth is your true worship.
to him. What you use your body for is how you honor God in the earth. Is anybody, is anybody here this morning? Anybody with me this morning? This is the quietest I've ever, ever, ever heard it in my whole life. What you use your body for is how you honor God in the earth. So we get saved, forgiven, redeemed, born again by Jesus' sacrifice. And he gives us a brand new spirit inside that lives in this temple, in this container called the body. But he tells us that in light of the fact that this has happened, because we're born again, that we are supposed to make the outside a living sacrifice. Jesus was sacrificed on the cross. So we are supposed to present a living sacrifice we are supposed to use this body for him because he is living in it. Ladies, do you know that Christ lives in you? <laughs> Have you heard that anywhere recently? Christ in you. This is Jesus' house. This is his container. This is where he lives. Anything, I think this is on your uh, sermon note sheet, anything to do with our physical body is an avenue for worship. Anything to do with the physical body. I think it's probably going to stay quiet in here today. Anything to do with the physical body is an avenue of worship. So, we've called the message today, Are You a Worshipper? I probably should ask this first. Are you a worshiper? And when we say, Are you a worshiper? Our mind goes to our favorite song. Our mind goes to the feelings that we feel with our hands outstretched and tears running down our face as we hear how much God loves us and we bask in that moment and the energy in the room is great, and people are singing around us, yeah, I love worship. I'm a worshiper. I love to worship. Are you a worshiper? There are people who love to sing in church. They love to lift their hands. They jump, they dance, they cry, they shout. But the Bible says... It's what you do with your body outside of here that determines whether or not you are a worshiper. Are you with me this morning? Come on. <laughs> a few folks, Mark, starting to come around to me a little bit. <laughs> Sunday morning does not reveal if you are a worshiper. Because this is easy to program. This is easy to condition. And depending on the area you live in, and depending on the type of church you came up in, and depending upon your culture, some people just love lively and moving and shouting and singing and 
They can do that regardless of anything in the heart. They can do that regardless of anything in light. So while we put all the focus on the outside, we say, oh, they're really a worshiper. You don't know that. Now, when somebody does something goofy, we love to say, when somebody, you know, somebody's coming against us, I say, you know what they did? And we like to say, only God can judge my heart. But I want to say that when you see somebody that you believe is a worshiper, only God can judge the heart. You don't know if they're a worshiper or not. Unless you're with them all, unless you're with them when they're by themselves, that'd be hard, wouldn't it? Unless you are with them <laughs> with their friend group, basically you can't know if they're a worshiper. I don't know if you're a worshiper watching you on Sunday. I know if you're a singer. I know if you're a hand lifter. I know if you're a jumper. I know if you're a runner. I know if you're a faller downer. But I don't know if you're a worshiper. You and God know that. You and God know that. The Bible says it is what you do with your body that determines whether or not you are a worshiper. Now, this is bad news for some people. But it's good news for some people, too. Because there are some people that are not real outwardly demonstrative. There are some people that are reserved and quiet. And again, depending on culture and depending on the kind of church you came up in and, and depending on personality... There are some people that watch others, and they think to themselves, I wish I was a worshiper like that. You might not wish you were a worshiper like that, because that worshiper may be doing some weird stuff on Saturday night before they come in here on Sunday morning with their hands raised and their mascara running down their face. Come on, somebody. It may be that if you knew the inside and outside and everything in between, you'd prefer to be the kind of worshiper you are, which is one that is living upright and consecrating your life to God and living for him with your decisions and with your choices and with the way you treat people and how you reverence him and bring glory to his name by your witness. Now, I think we all ought to push through to the point that we lift our hands because the Bible says so. Lift your hands, all you people. But what I'm talking about is that some of you that maybe have felt bad like you're not a real worshiper, no, you may very much be a real worshiper. Is this helping anybody? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, Paul says, what? That's a great way to start. What? Don't you know? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Look around here real quick. This is not God's house. This is a building made with hands. And the glory broke out 2,000 years ago from buildings and boxes. This is not the house of God. You are. 
You are the house of God. I preached a message one time called, I am the house of God. You are the house of God everywhere you go. Did you ever hear somebody say, don't do that in church? If you shouldn't do it in here, you shouldn't do it. Now, I know there's context in the type of conversations we have with people and what we're discussing, but just in short, if you can't say it standing here, you ought not say it. If you shouldn't do it in church, you are the church. You are the house of God. You are the temple. If it shouldn't be done in the house of God, you're saying it shouldn't be done in you. Then it should not be done. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? which you have of God, and ye are not your own. Somebody say this part of the verse. We're going to say it, you are not your own. Somebody say it with me. You are not your own. Now put your hand on your chest and make it I. I am not my own. Have you heard this liberal left lying garbage that says my body Lies, liars, that is satanic, that belongs to their father, the devil. This is not my body, and it's not my choice. I was bought with a price. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. I am in Christ, and he is in me. This is not my body or my choice. This is his body, and it's his choice, and it's time for somebody to stand up in the United States of America and look into a camera and say, we won't bend, we won't turn, we won't bow, we won't burn, we won't back down. It's still God's word. It's true, and we belong to him. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. You're not your own. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We are supposed to use our body and our life and our decisions and our behavior to glorify God. We belong to him. We belong to him. Could this give us more insight into what John recorded in chapter 4 and verse 24? God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Not just in here, but in the practical in the way we behave, in the way that we live, in where we go, in what we do. All the way back in Genesis. Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. He made us out of dirt. He made us out of dirt. All you have to do is put us back in the ground and watch what happens. From dust you came, and to dust you return. God formed us 
from the dust of the ground. And then he breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So God took dust, and he breathed in him moisture and life, clay, literally. He mixed moisture with dirt and sculpted man and put his breath into him. We are living clay. We are living clay. This is why 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 says, but we have this treasure in earthen of the earth, dirt of the earth. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. If you are a believer, if you are born again, it is God living inside of a clay pot. Your body is a clay pot, and God lives inside of it. He is living inside of a moving, breathing, thinking statue, a sculpture. You are a sculpture designed to be his work of art. He took clay and he molded you and he made you and then he got inside of you. And then he got inside of you. Now, you have to go with me the way I relate to things. Do you remember on Ghostbusters 2? That the Statue of Liberty is just standing there. But they had found the positively charged slime. And so they, they, they slimed her. They slimed the statue of this positively charged. And all of a sudden, the statue began to move. The statue came to life. And they were inside of it and directing it where to go. This is what God wants to do. God wants to slime you with positively charged... Holy Ghost slime. <laughs> and just like the Ghostbusters, he wants to climb up into your head and begin to direct you where you'll go as you <laughs> yeah, with a joystick. As you step on the works of the enemy throughout the city. I never realized that, the, that Ghostbusters is really a gospel portrayal. I never realized that till now. I'll have to watch it for the million and one time. Mm -hmm. Caught that? Got to keep you on your toes. God living inside of a clay pot, inside of a statue. You know, the devil always tries to twist everything that belongs to God. The devil always tries to counter it. There's always a counterfeit. Pagans knew that the body was connected to worship. Because in pagan temples, 
they committed lewd sexual acts in the temple as worship to their false gods. We should know that our bodies are supposed to worship our God. Many times, the children of God don't think about the fact that our bodies are to be offered. We read this, a living sacrifice. We are supposed to offer our body. We are supposed to lay our body at the feet of Jesus. That this body lasts as long as possible, as healthy as possible, as fit as possible for his service as long as he would have us here on the earth. We are supposed to be the best we can be to last as long as we can for whatever God has called us to do on this earth. There are so many people that leave this earth early and they act like God decided when really we do a lot of things, come on, that we check out early, that we check out early, that it's, it's not, that was not God's plan. God wants you to have a long, rich, full life of bringing him glory. And one day, just take you home. Just take you home. So many times we don't look at it that way. Jesus gave the death of his body as a sacrifice in our place. We are supposed to give our body as a living sacrifice to be Christ's body on the earth. Jesus died as us, that we could live as him. Jesus died on the cross as a sinner so that we could live as saints. Jesus died as us and rose again and then ascended to the Father. But now we are supposed to be his body. We are supposed to be Jesus walking around on the earth. We are the called. We are the anointed. We are the Christ on earth. We are him. We're wrapped in him. We are full of him. We are his ambassadors. We are his representatives. He said, even as the scripture has said, know ye not that you are little gods? We're supposed to be little versions of him. We're supposed to look like him walking around. We're supposed to do what he does. Can I tell you that anything that Jesus did on the earth is available to the born-again believer? Jesus on the earth did not operate as God. Jesus operated on the earth as a spirit-filled human being. He laid aside the, uh, the attributes of deity. He retained the nature of a deity. He was God. But he did not act like God on the earth. He acted like a man filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's available to you. It's available. Jesus gave his death, gave the death of his body, and we give our body as a living sacrifice. Let's read our text again, Romans 12 and 1. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you, present 
your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true worship. All right, so we're past the intro. Let's start the message. When we think about things connected to the physical body, I'm not trying to be super deep here. This is just a regular question. When we think about things that are connected to the physical body, if I said, hey, when you think about the human body, our life and our body, what are the things you think about being associated with that physical aspect of it? Eating? Sleeping? Oh, that's good. I didn't have, you'll have to add that. Put that on the other on your sheet. All right. Eating, sleeping, exercise, sexuality, work, clothing, and then I did give you an other space, Summer, so you can fill in sleeping and all the, and sleeping's good. We should have hit that one too. All right, so now we look at eating, exercise, sleeping, sexuality, work, clothing. We are supposed to worship God with those things. Anything we do with those things should be in a way that agrees with and honors God. Boy, it's real quiet now, isn't it? Anything that we do in those areas should glorify him and should declare his name great and his word true. I urge you to present your eating as a living sacrifice, holy pleasing to God. This is your true worship. I urge you to present your exercise and fitness as a living, if you laugh, you're guilty, as a living sacrifice. So when we get to sexuality, be real quiet, please. Offer your exercise as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing. Sexuality. I urge you to offer your sexuality and how you behave accordingly in a way that agrees with God's word within the parameters that he has given us for his purpose. It is your true worship. This is not your worship. What you do with your eating, exercise, sexuality, interactions, there's your worship. What about your job, your work? I urge you to present your work, your working for income, as a living sacrifice. Work in a way that's holy, pleasing unto the Lord. This is your true worship. I urge you. To present the way you dress, your clothing, are you covered holy? Lord, is this holy? This jacket? 
<laughs> Did you? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Pleasing unto the Lord. Did you know that what you, the, I'm not talking about your style. You know, I, like, I love this kind of stuff. Not everybody does. So I'm not talking about your, pre, I'm not talking about your style or your preference, but the way you dress is supposed to be worship. When you decide how to dress before you go out to school, to work, into your community, look at what you're going to put on your body and say, would this glorify the Lord? Whenever you eat, whatever you decide to put in your body and how much you decide, Does this worship the Lord? The way I am eating, what I am eating, and how much I am eating, does this worship the Lord? This body is his house. Are we worshiping God with what goes into it? Are we worshiping God with exercising this body that it lasts as long as it's supposed to? To keep it here to be used to spread the gospel. I think it's so funny because I'm watching different faces and listening. And it's funny the ones we're quiet on and then the ones we jump in on with an amen, you know, because we do that one. Uh, I'm just going to sit here right now until I can shout. Hopefully they will not notice that I said nothing on all the rest. <laughs> Do you believe we're called by God to live for him? Do you believe we're called to spread the love of Jesus in the gospel? then doesn't it make sense that we're called to be here until he calls us home? What are you doing to ensure that? What are you doing to ensure that? There is a verse in Proverbs, and uh, I, I don't remember the specific reference, but when you read it in the Amplified, uh, and it, it, if you could read Hebrew, it would you would see this, but it, the Amplified helps to expound on that original language, but it says, he who does not do everything in his power to make himself well is brother to him who commits suicide. That's a powerful verse, isn't it?
want to rejoice with you and to be praying for you in your walk with the Lord. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.